0: Hey, Joe, you can turn the lights on uh, if you like there. Uh, man, so excited. You know, again, I realize that we play these videos every month, um, but I promise you they're, they're, um, they're new videos uh, every month because we... <laughs> <laughs> this is footage a year ago. No, uh, this was yesterday. And uh, thank you for you know, so many that are a part of this ministry that make it happen. Fernando and Perla and Joe, you know, you guys have been leading the way. Way before you came to Heart Church, and so it's just a privilege to be a part of Heart of Compassion. Uh, It's the ministry's growing to the point we actually had to get a storage unit this week to kind of store the equipment and the food and things. I mean, as you can see, there's a lot of donations that we're able to give away. I mean, we we had a ton of food. We have clothes. We have even giveaways. Debbie is a part of like making our giveaways happen. It's just so rad uh, to be able to do it. Lindsay does our kids with you know, all the coloring and uh, face paint. So uh, it's really, really cool uh, to be a part of. If you're interested in being a part of it, uh, please talk to Fernando and Perla. But um, you guys are all a part of it because you guys all give and donate and make it happen. And so we're able to do something like this every month to bless um, our community. So pretty cool. Second uh, thing is kind of like the the announcements are really more like highlight announcements today. Uh, The second one is I want to show this picture of our youth ministry. And it's, uh, was Friday this this last Friday night um, and we had we have a heart logo at my house. How did that happen anyway um, this is this is uh, our Friday night um, junior high group and um, you know just a hot, just a shout out to dan and Shoshana jordan um, they're, they're they were a part of our community. Dan Jordan and his family, they were a part of our community from day one in the house. And uh, they recently moved to Texas, but they really launched um, the, the junior high ministry. And um, if you know them, please text them. Thank you. Because, um, you know, the fact that we have t- 20 junior hires um, hearing the word of God, connecting, fellowshipping is the beginning of a thriving youth ministry here at Heart Church, which is a total dream of ours because we were youth, uh, youth pastors for 15 years and how many know, like that's the future, right? And, um, and so we want to be a church that, that has young people passionately running after Jesus. And we get to model that, but to create a space for that is so rad. So um, thank you for that. Gosh, I'm a mess. Okay, <laughs> pull it together, Shane. Okay, hi. Hi, um, we have a junior high camp coming up. And I wanted to just say that, um, you know, some of these kids, we want to be able to sponsor. It's $100 per student. The church is already donating a few thousand dollars uh, because we want to blow out the doors on this um, retreat. It's a three-night retreat, and we just want to make these kids feel so special. And so we've had a few donations already. We're able to put a couple thousand in so that we can reduce that price. But uh, still $100 per student can be pricey. Uh, and we don't want any student to say, no, I can't go because I can't afford hundred bucks. And so um, if, if you'd like to donate for that, and I'm going to give a couple opportunities because it's not till August, um, but if you'd like to donate to that, um, then you can do that. And just write in the memo, uh, youth camp, and th- those dollars will go towards scholarshipping uh, some of those 20 kids um, to go to our summer camp. And our theme, which kind of leads to the next topic, our theme is Seek Ye First the Kingdom raising up a young people who know what it's like at, at ages 10, 11, 12, 14, 13, 14 to put God first and see, see what God does with your life when we put him first. And, um, and that kind of leads us to the series that I'm starting, which is the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, it's a three week series leading up to the 4th of July and it's, and it's entitled the Lord is my shepherd. And, um, and I'm, I'm, Listen, I'm a little bit more on the creative end when it comes to the way I hear from God and the way that I lead and, and, and pastor. And so you'll, you'll always have a little bit of uniqueness here at our church. And if you're brand new, welcome to the journey. If you've been with us for a while, then you're all nodding your head like, yeah, Shane's crazy. Um, but, but you know, just kind of how I lead is, is just um, uh, God speaks to me a little bit more creatively. And so sometimes we do things a little different. This, this morning is going to be one of those times or we do things a little bit different. But I promise you, if you hang in there, God's going to speak to you. Um, I'm going to start by just sharing some observations, and then we're going to go a fun, unique direction. Um, Paul writes a bunch of letters in the New Testament, and, um, and he starts many of those letters by saying, Grace to you, this is First Thessalonians, Grace to you and peace from our Father and the Lord, Jesus Christ. And then if you flip over one page, 1 first, first Timothy, he says, Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a theme here. You go two pages over, and 2 Timothy says, Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Two more pages. And he writes Titus and he says, grace, mercy and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our savior. You just go one page over and it's Philemon. And I know it's your favorite book. And it says, you guys are like, what's Philemon? It sounds like a fruit. Um, Grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of your life? Because when, when Jesus is Lord, when he is your shepherd, everything else falls in alignment. The Lord is my shepherd. Because I've made Jesus Christ my Lord, he's the one leading me. And if you didn't know about Christianity, that's kind of the whole deal. It's what separates us from every other religion and every other thing going on the planet is we are a group of people. If you have invited Jesus into your heart, then essentially you have invited him into your heart to be Lord. It's the sinner's prayer. I make you the Lord of my life, which I know gives some of us anxiety because we don't like to give anyone else control over our life, especially not a being that we can't see. But it's incredibly powerful when we learn what it's like to make Jesus Christ the one leading me. Come on, Lamont. You know what I'm talking about. I ain't leading me. Society's not leading me. My brilliant ideas are not leading me. He's leading me. And so what does it mean for the Lord to be my shepherd? Everyone say my shepherd. And so we're going to start out this series this is the creative part. We're going to start out by th- this series by introducing you to a guy who changed my life. Fifteen years ago, my pastor up in Washington, we were at a church of about 2,000 people. I was, we had just moved there. I was a junior high pastor. And, and he, he came back from our Four Square Conference and he said, I just watched a message that changed my life. And, and I want to share it with you and we watched it on the screen. His name is Robert Morris. And that day as a pastor, my life was forever changed. And as I was preparing this series, um, I came across the same message preached just last year by the same guy to, a, to like, a, like a passionate young adult conference. You'll hear him in the background. But this message is probably one of the most profound messages that I have experienced, and I watched it on a screen, like you're going to. And it is going to powerfully speak to you, particularly about what does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And watching everything else fall into alignment. And then I'll get up afterwards after we're all crying and the Holy Spirit's come and the Holy Ghost and close us down. So without further ado, if you would just dim the lights, but don't turn them all the way off. And then we'll let Jesus speak you. you guys ready. Yeah. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you that uh, God, if you can use a donkey to speak or you can use any of us and Lord, we're just humbled to be able to be here today and And God, I just ask that you would open up our hearts really big and that the message that we hear would be as real and as alive as it was 15 years ago when I heard it. And it changed my life. God, that we would continue to flow into the life-giving message of your goodness and the way that you are leading us out as our shepherd, that you go before us that you found an incredible broad place for us to live. And now you're calling us out by name and saying, come and follow me. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: I am honored, honored to be here. I wanted to show you, my wife is here. She doesn't like to stand up. So I just have a picture of our family. So let me see if I can show a picture of our family. Has everyone got, got a picture of our family? There we are, there you go. So, so we have three grown and married children, and my wife and I, this year, celebrate 40 years of marriage, 40 years, so we are grateful. So I'm going to share with you the most important message that I could share with you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you're not a believer, obviously the most important message is that Christ died on the cross for your sins. But if you're a believer, this is the most important message I could share. I'm not saying it's the most important message anyone can share. most important I can share. Here's what I call it. I call it the principle of first. And it is a principle that runs all through Scripture. I can show it to you in Genesis. I can show it to you in Revelation. And I can show you this principle in every book of the Bible. All 66. The principle of first. So let me read you a couple of scriptures here. You can just follow along. I know they'll be up there for you. Uh, and so I'm in Exodus, which is going to sound a little Old testament but just stay with me, okay? Exodus 13, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, consecrate. That's just a big word that means set apart. Set apart to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both a man and beast, watch these three words, it is mine. I, I wish that I could explain adequately to you the emphasis of that in the Hebrew language, which is the Old Testament originally written in Hebrew. It is mine. It means it is my property, my name's on the deed, it belongs to me. The first Belongs to God. If you don't catch anything else, you got to remember that. The first belongs to God, whether it's firstborn or first fruits, it belongs to God. Then he goes down to verse 12 and says, You shall set apart, that's what I told you the word consecrate means, same thing as the word holy, set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. Now this next verse, just please just stay with me. It it sounds very old, old, Old testamently, but it represents something. But every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. Now let me just let you in on a little secret. The firstborn represents the tithe. And if you don't give it to God, you're still going to lose it. It's going out of your account, whether you give it or whether you lose it, because it does not belong to you and it does not belong in your account. So if you won't redeem it, you're going to break its neck and all the firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. All right. So here's point number one. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. That's what we just read. Okay. Now. Please, please hear me. Why is this important and why I'm even reading in Exodus, you know? Okay, the reason is because 1 Corinthians 10, a New Testament scripture says, everything that happened to them happened as an example for us and is written as instruction for us. So yes, you're correct that we are not under the law, but there's a principle here that we want to figure out. See, the, when the Bible says don't commit adultery, there's a principle there of loving someone above everyone else and being faithful to that person. When the Bible says don't lie, yes, that was the law and went on the law, but there's a principle there of being an honest, truthful when the Bible says, don't murder, Jesus says, you've heard it said not to murder, but grace says to you. In other words, I say to you, don't even be angry at your brother. There's a principle there that we should love one another and not be angry. Are you following me? So there's a principle behind every Old Testament law. What is the principle behind this? Okay, so here, let me say it again. A firstborn animal must be sacrificed or redeemed. But how do you know which one to do? How do you know whether you sacrifice it or redeem it? Well, God gives two animals here that are exemplary of classifications of animals. He gives a donkey and a lamb. A donkey is considered an unclean animal and a lamb is considered a clean animal. What he says is, if if you're if your clean animal has a firstborn, you have to sacrifice it to God. If your unclean animal has a firstborn, you have to redeem it. Redeem means to purchase back because God owns it. You don't own it. You have to buy it back from God with the sacrifice of a clean animal. Now, I want to say that again, because again, we we get in such a a, a a habit of saying, "Oh, that's that's a long time ago." That doesn't mean anything, does? If you please again, if you don't hear anything I say, hear this: God's word is eternal. It never passes away. Not one jot, not one tittle will ever pass away. Jesus said that. Heaven and earth will pass away. God's word will never pass away. Okay. So there's something in Exodus that we need. So, if your firstborn animal, firstborn lamb, because that's a clean animal, has your firstborn clean has to be sacrificed. The firstborn unclean has to be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean. Now, I know what you're thinking. What does this mean to me? So if your animal is clean, you have to sacrifice it. If it's unclean, it has to be redeemed with the sacrifice of clean. So now let's think about people. Were you born, when you were born into this world, spiritually speaking, your spiritual condition, were you born clean or unclean? Unclean, because we were all born with a sin nature, which means we were born with a bent towards sin. I can prove it by asking the experts in the room, the parents, did you have to teach your children To be bad? Or did it come naturally for them? It comes naturally because they're born with a sin nature, so they're born unclean. So we were all born unclean. Was Jesus born unclean or clean? Okay, listen, listen, you're going to like this. The clean had to be sacrificed so that the unclean could be redeemed. That's what we just read. That's why it's important to read Exodus. Because it's God's Word and it represents something to us today. And you're also going to find out in a moment, firstborn and firstfruits actually represent the tithe. But I'm going to tell you something about the tithe maybe you've never thought of. You see, you have to give the tithe first. It's the first 10%. See, God didn't say, uh, wait until your sheep has 10 lambs and then give me one of them and you can give me the one that you don't like that's getting in your garden every day. He said, give me the first one before you have any more. Because it takes faith to give the first one. See? See? Uh, if you think about it, when they went into the promised land, God did not say, give me 10% of Jericho. He said, give me all, bring all of the silver and gold from Jericho into the house of the Lord your God. Why would he say that? It's simple, because Jericho was the first city. He said, you bring me the first one, it'll take care of all the rest. The first one is, has the redemptive portion on it it has the redemptive blessing when you give the first one the other nine are blessed when you don't give the first one the other nine are cursed and that's scripture so why is this so important because it breaks my heart that people speak negatively about the tithe please don't do that because you are speaking about something you don't know anything about Because the the tithe is called the firstborn and firstfruits. Would you like me to tell you someone else who is called the firstborn of many brethren and the firstfruits of the harvest? His name is Jesus. If you've never thought about this, listen to me carefully. Jesus is God's tithe. Because God didn't wait wait to see if you would straighten up to give Jesus. God gave Jesus when we were mocking Him and spitting on Him and nailing Him to a cross. That's when God gave Jesus. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And this is how God demonstrates his love toward us. And he, and Romans says it this way, God gave Christ in hope that we would believe. You know what that word hope there actually means? In faith. He gave God, he gave Jesus in faith that we would believe. That's the same way we give the tithe. See, we don't, we don't pay all our bills and see if we have enough left over to tithe. That doesn't take faith. It only takes faith when you give the first 10%. That takes faith. So the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Here's number two the first fruits must be offered. The first fruits must be. Remember, I didn't say should be. I'm talking about the Bible. I'm reading the Bible down. They must be offered. Proverbs 3 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Did you see that? This is the Bible. By the way, this isn't the law. This is called wisdom. This is the book of wisdom. Let me say it another way. This is the book that stupid people don't read. <laughs> Only wise people do. The book of wisdom. This is not the law. This is not the law. This was 1,500 years after the law. Honor, the, pardon me, 2,000 years after the law. Honor the Lord with your pardon me. Twenty five hundred years after the law, <laughs> pardon me. Fifty. Par, this was after the law. <clears throat> Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your income. We could say. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Why wouldn't we obey that verse? It sure seems like it would work out. Prove, uh, Exodus twenty three verse nineteen. The first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring, I want you to notice the word bring, into the house of the Lord your God. Two things I want you to know. The tithe comes to the house of God. Does it go to a university? And I'm the, I'm the uh, um, chancellor of a university. Does it go to a university? Does it go to a missionary? Does it even go to, to help the poor? And we should help the poor. But the tithe belongs to to God, and it is to be brought to the house of God. Second thing is, I want you to notice the word "bring." Bring the tithe to the storehouse. Listen to me. God never uses the word "give" when He's talking about tithing. The reason is, you can't give what doesn't belong to you. You have two choices with the tithe. Do your own study. I've been studying. I've only been studying it forty years. You have two choices with the tithe. You can bring it or you can steal it. Those are the only two choices the Bible gives you. When I was in a um, uh, Bible college, one of the students asked the professor, um, why did God accept Abel's offering and he didn't accept Cain's?" And the professor said, I really don't know. I've never gotten revelation on that passage. And it was a great answer because he didn't try to just make up something and sound smart. And I love um, transparency. If you don't know, just say you don't know, you know. But years later, when the Lord showed me the firstborn and firstfruits, it's easy to see why God did not accept Cain's offering, and he did accept Abel's. Let me read it to you, and every one of you will see it. You'll all see it. Genesis 4, verses 3 through 5. And in the process of time, remember those words, in the process of time, It came to pass, it just sort of happened, that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Notice it did not say Cain brought first fruits. He just brought an offering in the process of time. It just came to pass that he did it. But Abel brought firstborn. And the Lord respected, that word means received, Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Did you see it? Simple as it could be. Cain was a a rancher, I mean a farmer, and he did not bring first fruits. Abel was a rancher, he brought firstborn. God accepted the firstborn. He didn't accept the offering that was brought in the process of time that just came to pass, there was any old amount. Let me say it another way Cain brought what he wanted when he wanted. This guy said to me one time, I feel I give as I feel led. I said, Do you love your wife as you feel led? Because there are specific scriptures on how you're to lead, how you're to love your life, And there are specific scriptures on how you're to give. Um, let me take you a little deeper here theologically. It is not just that God would not accept Cain's offering. God could not accept his offering. Now, some of you might think, well, God is God. God can do anything. No, 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 it's not true. God cannot act outside of himself. He cannot act against his nature. In other words, God can't lie because he is the truth. Um, I'll give you some good, good, good things here. That They're, they're kind of funny. Uh, one is called, the doctrine is called the immutability of God. When something changes, it mutates. So immutable would be that it can't change, okay? So God is immutable. God can't change. The reason God can't change is because if he could change, he could get better, and he can't get better because he's best. He's best. So God can't change. Now, here's one that's really funny to think about. God can't think the way we think. He cannot think the way we think. Let me tell you why. The omniscience of God. God knows everything. God knows everything at the same time. If you think about that a little this week, you'll trip a breaker. God knows everything. So the reason I say God can't think the way we think is because we think to try to figure things out. God's not trying to figure anything out. Let me say it another way. Nothing has ever occurred to God. God has never said, you know what I just thought of? <laughs> can't believe I never thought about this before. I just never thought about this before. Never said it because He knows everything. Are you all following me? So there are some things God can't do. And let me tell you one other thing God can't do. and This is how it relates to Cain and Abel. God can never be second. Never. This is the preeminence of God. It means he's first of all, higher than all, above all, and before all. He's preeminent. Now, we as pastors will say, put God first in your life. And that's a good analogy. It's just theologically incorrect. Because whether you have God first in your life or not, he's still first. You did not change the cosmic order of the universe. God's first. So when Abel brought the firstborn, God being preeminent, could accept the first offering. When Cain brought an offering that wasn't first, God said, I'm sorry, I can't receive that. I can't receive that. So the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Firstborn must be uh, offered. The third point is, and, and I have 27. No, I'm kidding. I have three. So it's the last point. The, fir- the third point is the tithe must be first. It must be. Here's, here's the reason. I'm going to show you scripture. It belongs to God, and God always is first. God can't, can't, cannot accept second. Let me read you the scripture uh, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 40, 30. And all the tithe of the land. By the way, do you know what the all means in, in Hebrew? All, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, watch these three words, is the Lord's. Now, I know here's here's what someone will say. Well, it all belongs to God. Here's what I say to people that say, okay, give it all then. All right, just give it all then. If you want to go by that, give it all. Yes, it all belongs to God, but he has set apart. Remember, we talked about it. We read it three times. He has set apart the tithe the first for himself. So that's what this is referring to. It all, it is, the tithe is the Lord's, and watch the confirmation. It is holy. Remember what the word holy means? Set apart. It is set apart to the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to give you a math illustration of how this works out. So 50% of you can take a nap right now. I understand that. I, that's, that's, those are the facts. I'm strong in math and grammar. Um, and 50% of the people love math, 50% hate math. That's, it's, you, there's not an a in-between with math. People love it or hate it. Um, I love it, by the way, my wife hates it. And does not, she does not get it at all, at all, at all. <laughs> my, now my, I came by and honestly, my father is a mathematical genius. That's not a made-up statement. He's certified by the University of Texas as a mathematical genius. He's a, ma- he's a mathematical genius. I have a son who's a mathematical genius. My son was, was the top 1% of the top 1% in advanced college algebra in America. And he and my father used to do advanced algebraic expressions over the phone. Okay. So my father's a genius. My son's a genius. Apparently, it skips a generation. <clears throat> <laughs> but math comes very easy to me. Numbers add up in my mind without me trying to get them to. They j- it just happens. I don't even try. Debbie and I were buying something at a store. It was $7.99. And the lady said to me, I'm going to have to figure the tax on the calculator because the cash register is broken. And I said, it's 66 cents. That, that quickly. It's 66 cents. And so she went, it's 66 cents. And so I said, okay, paid it. We got out in the car and Debbie said to me, how do you do that? Now, I thought that she was actually asking me how I did it. So I explained it to her. I said, well, sugar, 799 is close to eight. Our tax rate is 8.25. Eight times eight is 64. Quarter of eight is two. 64 plus two is 66. And then I said something I should not have said. I said, that should happen in less than a second in your mind. I know, I was young and stupid. Now I'm old and white. But I said to her, that should happen in less than a second in your mind. This is what she said. It doesn't. And then she said, but I know what 25% off means. Because I was so stupid and young, I thought she's still talking math. So I said, okay, if you're buying something for $100, I mean, I thought that's going to be easy math. You just round off, you know. So you're buying something for $100, and it's 25% off. What does that mean? She said, it means it's a good deal. And then she said... And if it's fifty percent off, it's free. <laughs> what? And then she goes like this. Like, I don't understand math. And she said, Robert, everybody knows if it's fifty percent off, it's the same thing as buy one, get one free. So if it's 50% off, it's free. And then she said this, and if it's 75% off, you're making money. (laughs) Which explains some uh, difficulties we've had with our checkbook over the years, but... So I'm going to give you a math illustration and you might be like me and you might love it and you might be like my wife and you might hate it and it's okay because all of us have strengths in different areas. But it's an easy math illustration and it won't take long, okay, please stay with me. All right? Let's say you own a landscape company because we're trying to figure out what the tithe is and how you pay the give or bring the tithe first, okay. So let's say you own a, map, a landscape illustration and you come to my home and you say, uh, I say, we want this many plants and this many trees and this many flowers. And you say, okay, Pastor, my materials will cost this much, my labor will cost this much, and my profit will be $1,000. Is that agreeable to you, that entire price? And I say, yes. Now, the reason I broke this down is because you do not tithe on your labor and your materials. You only tithe on your increase, your income, okay? So, so your income is going to be $1,000. So at the end of the the job, I pay for your materials, I pay for your labor, and then I give you one, I give you $1,000, 10 $100 bills in your hand, okay? So I wanna ask you two questions, all right? You have $1,000, that was your profit, you have 10 $100 bills, all right? So here's the math question, half of you can answer, half of you can look blank for a moment, okay? The word tithe means one out of 10. That's what it simply means. And according to the Bible, it's the first one, okay? So, so you got 10 $100 bills. How much is the tithe? $100, right? Okay. I know some of you are, carry the zero. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. You're, you're much better than I am in other areas. Okay. But so it's one out of 10. But here's the second question. You got 10 of them. Which one is the tithe? The first one. But listen, how do you know which one is the first one? Listen to me. It's the first one that leaves your hand. It's the first one that leaves your hand. Because if you go home and you say, let me set aside some for the mortgage, some for groceries, some for cars, some for clothes, oh, there's not enough left over for God. Now, I don't mean this wrong, but please hear me. He wouldn't receive it anyway. He says it very clearly. In in Malachi, he says, you bring me lame and blind and maimed sheep. I do not accept them. I do not accept them. You bring the first one. That's the only one I'll accept. And by the way, think about this. If you set aside something for the mortgage company, the first one is the redemptive portion. You gave the one with the blessing on it to the mortgage company. And the mortgage company does not have the power to bless your finances. Only God does. Here's what faith says. Faith says I have a stack of bills here, but God hears your part first. And 90% with God's blessing on it will go farther than 100% without God's blessing on it. And this is the way it works for me. Okay? Um, I get paid twice a month and it, it, uh, it's a direct deposit, so it magically appears in my in my account. So I got paid on Friday because Saturday was actually the last day of the month, just two days ago. So when it's Friday, we go ahead and pay our employees, you know, the, the day before, so they don't have to wait till Monday. So on Friday morning, morning, before I did anything, I, I had my quiet time, and I go in and I send it on the computer now. And for Debbie and I, I told God years ago, God told me, I want you to say this, and you might think I'm bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm saying this because some of you are called to this. Since 1985, it's a double tithe. Since 1985, Debbie and I give 20% to the local church, and we give over and above that to other causes. But it's a double tithe. And some of God might be calling some of you to that, but he might not be calling many of you to that, okay? But he, does, he did call us to it. Okay, so that's what I do now. But what happens if I forget that it was the fifteenth or the end of the month, and I um, uh, even don't have my quiet time that day? Sometimes pastors were people too, and I have an early morning meeting, and I have to catch a plane, and then that night I get to the hotel room, and I think, oh, this was the fifteenth. I got paid today, so I go online to pay it, and I and I look, and I realize Debbie went to the grocery store that day and I see it on the debit card, you know. I don't call her up and say, that's great, sugar, we're cursed. <laughs> for, t- for two more weeks now, we're cursed because you gave the tie to Kroger's. <laughs> I don't do that because you have to hear me. God is not a legalistic God. It's exactly what Pastor Michael said. It's all about the heart. Here's what I'm really asking you. In your heart, Is God first? Is God first in your heart? And I can check and see if God's first in your heart if you let me see your check register. Because Nordstrom's might be first. Or Visa might be first. Or Bass Pro might be first. But wherever the first check goes, that's who's first in your heart. So one more thing, let me tell you. Um, We stopped a moment ago at verse 13. Let me read verses 14 and 15 and then I'm finished. Verse 14 says, so it shall be when your son asks you in time to come saying, what is this? This is talking about giving the firstborn, sacrificing the firstborn. It's all the way back to where we started. That you shall say to him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, or this is the reason, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Okay, here's what God said in his wisdom. He said, one day your son is going to ask you, why are you doing this? Why why are you doing this? Why, why Why are you killing these animals? And God said, here's what you tell him. You say to him, son, I need to explain to you something that you don't know about our family. We were not always ranchers. We didn't own any animals. We didn't own any land. Son, we didn't own anything. We were slaves in Egypt. But God, with a mighty hand, redeemed us and gave us everything that we have now. Therefore, we gladly give the first back to God. Now, this is written hundreds of years ago and it happened to me. It used to be years ago... When I was, uh, I, I, I would pay the bills, I would write the, just before we had online payment, I would write the tithe check first, and I would set it over to the side, and then I would write the rest of the bills. And my son, who has this math mind, came in, and he saw the tithe check, and he saw the amount, and that looks like a lot of money to a little kid. And I remember him saying to me, Dad... Why are you giving so much money to the church? And I remembered Exodus 13. One day, your son's going to ask you about this. And I picked my son up on my lap. And I said, son, there's something about daddy that you don't know. I said, son... Daddy wasn't always a Christian. And your daddy used to be a very, very bad man. And I couldn't stop being bad. But God. But God with a mighty hand, set your daddy free. And now, I gladly give to God the first of all of my increase. I gladly give it to God. Why don't you just stand, just if you're not standing, just remain standing or just stand up. Just close your eyes just for a moment. I want you to do something. Don't get your purse or your jacket or anything. Don't get ready to go yet. This is the most important part of the service. When Pastor Michael finishes preaching the Word, this is the most important part. You might not even come to the altar for prayer or anything like that, but this is the most important part because God wants to speak to every person. So just close your eyes for a minute so you can have privacy. And in your heart, you don't have to say it out loud, but just in your heart, will you just breathe this prayer silently? Will you say it in your heart? God will hear it. Just say, Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? And please hear me. If you've struggled with tithing, please, please, please hear me. You are not a bad person. I struggle with things that you might not even struggle with. But if you if you struggle with tithing, you're not a bad person, you're not a bad person. You've just struggled in this area. And some of you have never heard this before. Some of you have never heard that it's a, that it's about putting God first. You thought it was like a, an Old Testament tax that we're not under the Old Testament anymore. And you realize this is, this is New Testament. Jesus actually Jesus actually told us, I didn't get to cover the scripture in Matthew 23:23 23, 23, that we ought to tithe. Well, if the one who saved me said it, that's enough for me. And so if God's telling you to put him first, I just want to encourage you. Make that decision right now. I want to pray for you, but you commit to the Holy Spirit whatever he's telling you. Lord, I pray for my precious brothers and sisters, and I ask you in Jesus' name that you will bless us, that you will allow us, that you will prompt us to put you first. In every area of our lives, and you will bless us so that we could be a blessing, and so we can steward the bag. In Jesus' name, Amen. I love you guys, and I'm so glad I got to
0: be with you. Amen. We're gonna, um, yeah, so good. We're gonna finish up here in just two two seconds. But um, as I said before. Um, that message changed my life. And it wasn't even because we weren't tithing. Because we were. Because my parents, who are here, they were sitting behind me the whole time. I wonder who those wild people were. Um, because because they, they taught me that, that we tithe. But, but I never made the connection. And, and it, never, it never clicked for me. That, um, that it's a symbol of something entirely different. And that's why I'm so unashamed in this church to teach on tithing. And I don't do it very much. The last time we taught on tithing, I taught on tithing, we were meeting at the school. So many of you weren't even a part of our church at that point. That was the last time I taught on tithing. But, but you need to know that, that this message and this morning has very little to do with giving and you also need to know that um, the way that we do it here at Heart Church is we don't pass the bag or the cup or the bowl uh, for giving. And, and I have no idea what people give. Uh, I don't, I don't um, look at what's given. I don't look online. I don't have access to any of that. Uh, I know the amount of where we're at in the budget so I can make good decisions with the church council, but, um, but I have no idea. And so, and so that's why I can stand up here and confidently share a message about giving. And you don't ever have to worry, what's Shane thinking about me? Because I don't know if I'm gonna do this or not. I have no idea, nor do I ever plan on having any idea. Um, but you have to understand that when we allow Jesus to be our shepherd and we abide by and fall in line with The way he has asked us to live our lives, our entire lives are blessed. They really are. And listen, if if I passed around the mic, many of you have taken the step, whether it was years ago or most recently, to say, I'm going to trust you, Jesus, by faith with my finances. And many of you could blow us away by the stories that, that you could share with us of what God's done. Because 90% with God's blessing on it is better than 100% in your hands because you're not that smart and you're not that good and you're not that capable and you don't have the ability to bless your finances. But God does. And so this this whole series that we're going to be in um, has nothing to do with giving. We're not going to, next week's not about giving. It's about what does it look like To make the Lord my shepherd. He is leading me. And so I put my faith and my trust in Him. And then watch out. Watch out. And many of you, like you've talked to me about some struggles and dynamics and things that you've got going through, but I know that you're trusting him, not just in the area of your finances, but in your life, like you're trusting him and putting him first. I'm just telling you, watch out, watch and see what God is and will do with your life in the midst of the struggles. Right, Ron? He's already doing it, buddy. Oh, so good. Hey, will you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? Father God, I just, uh, I'm humbled today to be able to share a message that changed my life and changed Heather's life and our home 15 years ago. And what it looks like today to say, God, in the midst of my own struggles and doubts and dysfunctions, Jesus, today, once again in this moment, I choose to say, you are my shepherd and I've put you first. By faith in every area of my life to the best of my ability, when I get out of bed and I put my two feet on the ground, Jesus, you're first. And God, I pray that that life-giving, freeing message would seep through every area of our church. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love y'all.